Hello and welcome to this latest installment of Barnards on the NBA. I'm your host, Matt Barnard, and I'm joined here by my son and co-host, Emilio. Hey, it's me, Emilio. Yes, and we are uh, joining you once again after about a six-month break. Uh, we've returned with one of our classic all-time teams. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about the uh, team that is currently number one in the country. That's the uh, Purdue Boilermakers. Yeah, number three seed in the um, tournament um, last year. And uh, they're doing well uh, now, too. Yeah, I think they got a big-time uh, big man, but I won't be talking about him just yet. That's uh, Zach Eady probably in the future, perhaps, if we revisit Purdue or talk about the draft that he gets taken in or whatever. But right now we're talking about guys who have played in the NBA or ABA, as we typically do on these all-time team episodes. There have been 40 players overall who have played in the NBA or ABA who attended Purdue. And uh, we're going to be talking about them. And uh, we're going to talk about our, uh, our picks at uh, all, all the uh, starting lineup positions, uh, center, power forward, small forward, shooting guard, and point guard. And uh, then uh, fill out our benches with, uh, with seven guys apiece. So we'll talk about a bunch of guys who attended Purdue. Let's, uh, let's not waste any time. Let's get right to it. Mills, who'd you have as your starting center on this uh, Purdue all-time team? I had Joe Barry Carroll. Um, there's two good centers on this team. I, I would say he's probably the worst of the two, but um, I really couldn't keep him off the team. I mean, just too good from this college to um, keep him out of the starting five. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about uh, Joe Barry Carroll. This guy was taken uh, number one overall in the uh, 1980 NBA draft. Yeah, Purdue has two number one overall picks. And um, I'm not sure he quite lived up to the number one overall status, but um, still a great career. Yeah, definitely. Some uh, He was a one-time All-Star, uh, made, made the All-Rookie team that, that first season, and uh, really had some, uh, had some pretty darn good years. I, I know because of uh, trade he was involved in, he's often remembered uh, – kind of as a, as a sidebar to uh, some other uh, Hall of Famers' careers, and we'll get to that in just a second. But just in terms of his own career, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, 17.7 points per game. Um, not much of a shooter. I mean, he is seven foot, so. And during like that, he played during the 80s and 90s. But, yeah, great career. Yeah, definitely. As you mentioned, 17.7 uh, points per game over uh, 705 regular season games. That's, uh, that's, that's quite a few. Uh, played 19 playoff games as well, so not a not a distinguished uh, playoff performer. But I think uh, you know uh, I, we referenced this just moments ago. Despite uh, having averaged up over 20 points per game uh, four times in his career, pretty impressive, and uh, and and taking a, a very unusual uh, uh, sabbatical from the NBA and after uh, four seasons to go play in Italy for a season, which uh, certainly uh, an, an unusual thing. Uh, was uh, probably best remembered for uh, the trade he was involved in at the start of his career. Uh, taken with the uh, with the first overall pick in the draft by uh, the Golden State Warriors, but that was a pick that was originally owned by the Celtics. The uh, Warriors had traded uh, Robert Parrish, who had played for a year with the uh, with the Warriors, and the draft pick used to take uh, the great Kevin McHale. Uh, uh, for Celtics Joe Barry really lucked out on that one. Yeah, I mean, a couple of Hall of Famers there for uh, Joe Barry Carroll, uh, who didn't didn't quite get up to that status, but uh, an All Star. Yeah, I mean, some some uh, some fantastic uh, players coming back to the Celtics there. Um, yeah, I mean, Joe Barry Carroll, uh, a, a fine career, but uh, perhaps uh, overshadowed a bit by his involvement in that trade. Yeah. I mean, one for 52 in a game once. So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, ha had some some real significant high points in his uh, in his career without, without any question. And has actually gone on to, I didn't realize this until uh, I was doing the research for this episode, has gone on to a pretty impressive career as, uh, 
an investment advisor, an author, a social activist uh, post-career. So uh, has made it made an impressive life for himself outside of the game of basketball as well. Yeah. All right. So I had Joe Barry Carroll as my center as well. We should uh, move on here to uh, power forward meals. Who'd you have there? I had Brad Miller. This was the other guy who, I mean, definitely played most of his career at center, but it was too hard to keep Joe Barry Carroll out. So moved him down to the power forward slot. And um, great career, two-time All-Star. Um, yeah. Two-time All-Star after uh, not even being drafted. Yeah, very impressive. Uh, Brad, Brad Miller, uh, this guy, uh, yeah, attending Purdue uh, in the uh, in, in the nineties, um, and uh, yeah, making his uh, making his debut with the uh, with the Hornets back in uh, nineteen ninety eight. Actually, because the uh, the lockout was going on at the time, actually debuted in the Italian league before uh, even uh, suiting up in the NBA. So back to back guys who uh, featured yeah. in Italian basketball. I think uh, there's a few more team. guys from on Purdue who. We're in the Italian league. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, and maybe we'll get to those as we uh, progress through the episode. But a guy who, I mean, really, really impressive, uh, notable career in college, that Purdue team was good. We'll get to a couple other guys, or at least one other guy who was on that uh, Purdue team that he was on, uh, Brian Cardinal, um, who also made it to the NBA. But this guy, I mean, you know, undrafted to uh, representing the uh, the U.S. national team in, uh, in the World Championships in 98 and 2006. Yeah, very impressive, and a, and a great career as well. I mean, um, played with a bunch of teams, um, Kings, Bulls, Pacers, um, and a few other teams. But, um, yeah, averaging 11.2 uh, points per game and um, 7.1 rebounds for his career. Yeah, I mean, really, really impressive stuff, and, and a guy who was a real physical force during his, uh, during his playing days uh, on all those teams. I think maybe best remembered for his time in Sacramento. But uh, he did have that stretch, of kind of like a you know Demata Sabonis kind of situation, where he was on the uh, the Pacers and uh, and Kings back to back All Star appearances in two thousand two, two thousand three, and two thousand three, two thousand four. So uh, very impressive work out of Brad Miller. He was my uh, power forward as well. You ready to move on to the three? Yeah. So at the three, definitely the best player from Purdue. I had the big dog, Glenn Robinson. Yeah, now this guy was, uh, I mean, just like Joe Barry Carroll, the uh, number one overall pick. Yeah, two number one overall picks out of um, this school. Um, that's pretty impressive. This guy was a uh, superstar at, at, at Purdue, uh, no question about it. Uh, 6'7", 225, so not like overwhelming uh, physical yeah, uh, I mean, dimensions. Yeah, the chosen one? The chosen one. I mean, if you're getting a nickname like that, I mean, you, you, you're pretty good. I think pretty good, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's impressive stuff. Uh, as, as we said, uh, taken with uh, number number one overall pick, and that's coming off a season where he was uh, National College Player of the Year. Yeah, I mean, mean NCAA scoring leader, Big Ten Player of the Year, Big Ten Athlete of the no Year, wonder first he was team Great All American. I mean, this guy really took down all the awards as a uh, and his player. son also uh, played in the league. His son Glenn Robinson uh, the third also played in the league. Uh, obviously, that's very impressive as well. Uh, didn't quite. Didn't last quite as long, or come in with the same pedigree as uh, as Glenn Robinson. Uh, but he made it to the one. NBA, so we'll credit. Made it to the NBA, yeah. I mean, he went to uh, went to Michigan, so another uh, prominent uh, collegian uh, during his time in the league. And um, yeah, I mean, didn't last maybe as long as uh, you would have hoped for. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, kind of petering out at age thirty two. Only um, eleven seasons. Yeah, I mean, I think his uh, his knees ultimately failed him, but. Um, yeah, I mean, did some serious work. I yeah, mean, I mean, average over 20 points a game for his career. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that's across uh, 688 regular season games and a whole bunch of seasons where he averaged over 20. And I guess that would have to be the case if you average over in your career. Uh, really impressive uh, kids as well. You got, you got to say, I mean, in terms of their in terms of athletes, I mean, we mentioned uh, Glenn Robinson, the third, who, uh, you know, played NBA ball, uh, has another son, uh, Gellin, who uh, was a wrestling champion and a, uh, a shot put runner up, discus runner up in, uh, in Indiana uh, high school uh Athletic Association, so, uh, so some pretty impressive uh, kids as well in terms of uh, what they bring to the table athletically. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, we're in lockstep so far. I had Glenn Robinson at, uh, at the three And just to mention, well. um, Glenn Robinson is also an NBA champion. Yeah, good point. I mean, uh, featuring on uh, that 2005 uh, NBA title team with the, uh, with the Spurs, didn't really uh, contribute uh, too much to that team down the end of his career, but uh, he did, uh, did get that ring and, and played a little bit in the playoffs within that year. Yeah. So uh, yeah, worth uh, worth mentioning there for sure. Actually, also selected for the uh, we were just mentioning uh, Brad Miller, his involvement with uh, USA Basketball. Glenn Robinson also uh, selected for the '96 uh, Olympic team, and uh, was unable to participate due to injury. But uh, quite an honor for uh, for the great Glenn Robinson. Mm-hmm. For sure, I mean, definitely an honor to be able to play on that team. No question. All right, so let's let's move on to the two as we get through our uh, starting lineup here. Who'd you have there? I had Terry Dissinger. Yes, Dissinger. Um, the first guy that was in a three-time All-Star, Glenn Robinson and Brad Miller were two-time, and um, Joe Barry Carroll one-time All-Star, Rookie of the Year, and All-Rookie Team, obviously. Um, yeah, um, great career from this guy. Yeah, I mean, a part. I, I think we're going to find this as we go through uh, some of these players. A whole bunch of guards who uh, put up a lot of points. I mean, in, in college in particular. But yeah, Terry Dissinger uh, taken with the um, the tenth pick overall in the nineteen sixty two NBA draft by the uh, Chicago Zephyrs. I mean, a great name uh, for that team. But uh, yeah, really, really filled it up upon uh, entering the league. I mean, twenty five and a half points per game his rookie season. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that's um, nasty. And um, his first three seasons getting All-Stars, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Absolutely. I mean, this this guy really tore it up. And if you look and see, uh, you know, what, what he did in college, I mean, you know, this guy, guy averaged uh, 28.3 points per game and 13.7 rebounds per game in college. Yeah, and one season he averaged over 30 points per game. I mean, that's, that's, that's in college. That's domination. Exactly. 40 minutes. I mean, games. he did play a long time ago in the last 60s. Yeah, so I mean, the scoring environment was was probably a little bit higher back then. I mean, in terms of the number of points scored, but I was looking at this uh, in preparation for the episode. I mean, we have teams now that are scoring like ninety plus points per game in college, and uh, you don't have players who are going off for uh, you know almost thirty points per game or thirty points per game. Uh, it's very very impressive stuff. You know, I did find it interesting that it said he served in the um, military for two years in his career. It, yeah, he did. He actually uh, yeah, took a couple of years after uh, he played three years in the league, his three all-star seasons, to uh, go serve in the uh, in the military. And uh, he actually became an orthodontist uh, after his career and credited uh, those couple of years with uh, having decided, like, okay, I'm going to focus on dentistry after uh, after my career is over. Yeah, and um, he did actually kind of drop off a little bit after that, uh, that um, two-year stretch in the military. Uh, yeah, that's that's true. I mean, may, may have broken uh, some of the rhythm there. Uh, I know he uh, was also select. I mean, it's notable about uh, Terry Dissinger. He was uh, on the uh, 1960 uh, Olympic team in in Rome, so another uh, involvement with USA basketball, and uh, won a gold medal there. So uh, and is in the Hall of Fame as uh, as a member of that team. The entire team was inducted, as we've come across in the past. 
And um, yeah, on that team, he was uh, 19 years old, youngest player on the team, and played with the likes of Oscar Robertson, Jerry West, and Jerry Lucas. I mean, yeah, that's, very that's impressive. pretty impressive. Yeah, I would say. I mean, to be uh, on that team is um, pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he, you know, is quoted as having uh, been incredibly excited to uh, play with uh, Oscar Robertson, his idol. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, uh, so yeah, a, a tremendous work out of uh, out of Terry Dissinger uh, during his uh, NBA career and, uh, and and before that. Let's uh, let, let's move on here to uh, to the one Mills. Who'd you have there? I think we have a bit of a conflict here in our rosters. Um, I have Herm Gilliam. There was a few guys I was choosing between to um, take this um, spot on my roster. But, um, yeah, I went with uh, Herm Gilliam, the trickster. Um, he was drafted twice, actually. Um, One of these classic two draft guys. Yeah, um, by the um, – by the Royals in um, 90... In 1969? <laughs> 1969. And um, the Bulls in um, 1968. So, uh, yeah, drafted twice. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, no longer with us. But, uh, yeah, it moved up a lot in uh, draft position, uh, having been taken the second time, eighth overall by the uh, by the Royals in uh, 1969. And the first time, 163rd overall. So. Yeah, and as you mentioned, uh, the trickster. So, uh, yeah, why, why'd you pick this guy? Um, I thought he had some pretty good stats, um, averaging over 10 points per game for his career. And um, he played in, like, the 70s. Yeah, I did play in the 70s and actually won a, uh, won a title with, uh, with your Blazers in uh, 1977. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's prima. Yeah. Uh, n- nicely done uh, by him. Uh, unfortunately, uh, no longer with us. Died at 58. Yeah, died at 58 back in uh, 2005. Uh, had a heart attack there. But, uh, yeah, really, really quality career out of Herm Gilliam. Uh, as you mentioned, I did have a different player here, but uh, Herm Gilliam definitely was in the consideration set. Impressive yeah. player. And he, I think he the guy who picked was also in the consideration set for me. Yeah, now we can move on to uh, to him right now. We're talking about, uh, about Billy. Bill Keller. Yes, we are. And he was a three-time ABA champion, so that's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, played seven years in the league and, um, only 5'10". Yeah, little guy. I mean, uh, not much larger than, uh, yours truly, but, uh, this guy, uh, a true Indiana man. I mean, you'd have to say, I mean, born in Indianapolis, Indiana back in 47, still alive today. I mean, you got to give him credit. Went to high school in Indianapolis as well. Went to college in Purdue. And then this guy played his entire career professionally in Indiana. Wow. I mean, uh, talk about an Indiana man. I mean, this this guy uh, defines an Indiana man. I would say. And not only that, but I mean, he brought glory to his home state. I mean, this guy, a three-time champion yep. with the uh, with the Pacers uh, in the ABA. Played his entire career in the ABA, it should be noted. But, uh, I mean, as you mentioned, this guy's size, uh, just uh, just five, what would you say, five That ten? is partially why I didn't pick him, because, like, um, in the ABA, it was probably a little bit easier than the NBA. Yeah, that's fair. But uh, did you consider that uh, he actually won the uh, the Joe Boland Award uh, in 1978, uh, awarded by the Indiana Basketball Coaches Association for uh, outstanding contributions to uh, Indiana youth. Wow. Also went on to uh, to coach at the University of Indianapolis. So, I mean, you, could, you couldn't be more Indianapolis than, uh, than Bill Keller. Yeah, you really couldn't. 
so yeah, I mean, just just a, a, a little guy. I mean, and, and you know, for, at five ten to uh, to average eleven point eight points uh, per game in your career, and won the free throw. Uh... That's right. Yeah, I mean, a fantastic free throw uh, shooter yeah. at uh, 87% in his career. I believe he was on the uh, is on the all-time leaderboards uh, in uh, free throw percentage. Indeed, 26th all-time in free throw percentage. Yeah, I mean, this guy was a tremendous shooter, obviously. And then the ABA, for ABA, he was second. Yeah, I mean, that, that's outrageous. I mean, this guy, which, uh, you know, shout out basketball reference, we rely upon it for every episode. Uh, notes that uh, Mickey Rooney was also one of his uh, nicknames. I'm not exactly sure what the origin of that is, but uh, yeah. uh, interesting. And Billy, of course, for Bill. I mean, that's the classic uh, Bill nickname. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's just run down our uh, our starting lineups here, and we'll take a, a quick break and come back with our uh, our benches. Um. So I had center Joey Carroll, power forward Brad Miller, small forward Glenn Robinson, shooting guard Terry Gersinger. Um, point guard Herb Gilliam. Yes, and I had uh, center Joe Barry Carroll, power forward Brad Miller, small forward Glenn Robinson, shooting guard Terry Dissinger, and point guard Bill Keller. We'll be back in just a moment. Now we're back to talk about uh, the players who uh, fill out the uh, bench on our Purdue team. Let's uh, let's get it started. Mills, who'd you have on your bench? I had Jaden Ivey. Um, I think this guy... Um, is um has a lot of potential in the league. I mean, might be um a little bit of a stretch um for now, but um I think he definitely could even get onto the starting five of this uh, Purdue team, and um yeah, clearly shows with his background. Yeah, he's off to a great start in his career. I think. I mean, maybe not uh, contributing a ton to uh, winning in this current season, but the Pistons' environment is not really conducive to that anyway. Um, the fifth overall pick in this most recent draft, uh, one of the highest uh, drafted players to come out of Purdue in, uh, in recent years. And uh, this guy's really a standout athlete. He sure is. And, um, I mean, his family, um, as I was mentioning before, I mean, his mom being the uh, women's basketball coach at Notre Dame, played in the WNBA, All-American, and his father and grandfather both playing in the um, NFL on the Ravens, 49ers, and uh, Lions. Yeah, I mean, what a family of athletes. I mean, three generations and his mom. I mean, like uh, all uh, professional athletes uh, playing at a really high level. And uh, Jaden Ivey's been playing at a high level uh, since he entered the league as well. I mean, just 32 games into his career right now, but carrying a, a big load for this Pistons team that has really been uh, missing pieces for a lot of the season, been without Kate uh, for most of the year now, and uh, averaging over 30 minutes per game, uh, 15 and a half points per game, four and, uh, 4.2 rebounds. Four assists. I mean, really uh, filling the stat sheet, and uh, just despite his limited experience, and I'm sure the efficiency numbers are going to come up as he, the team kind of fills in around him. But I definitely for uh, Jaden Ivey. Yeah. Didn't make my team yet for uh, the reasons you alluded to. I mean, uh, you know, just getting started. There's a lot of accomplished players who attended Purdue, but definitely with a lot of uh, upward mobility to uh, to get on this team in the future, even into the starting lineup if he continues on his uh, trajectory. He played uh, two years at Purdue. And uh, yeah, just twenty year, playing his age twenty season now in Detroit, so uh, has already come out firing. Um, and one of the reasons you might not have put him on your team is because he's averaging almost three fouls a game, which is I'm a bit disappointed. Well, you know he's playing a lot of minutes, so I, I think you can uh, you can kind of look past the uh, the fouling a little bit. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I would say my uh, the first guy off my bench, looking at uh, Kyle Macy. Let's talk about this guy a little bit. Yeah, this is the guy who. Um, 
almost um, made my team. Oh, one more thing about uh, Jaden Ivey. Also a big Purdue guy, or I mean Indiana guy. Yeah. Born in Indiana, went to high school in Indiana. Went to, so, uh, and I know he's playing. Definitely an Indiana man, but yeah, he didn't go on the Pacers, so that's a uh, yeah. little bit of a knock on his Indiana yeah. status. Um, but Kyle Macy, um, yeah, almost made my team a point guard. Um, yeah, I mean, playing in the, um, in the uh, 80s, um, pretty good player. Yeah, uh, second overall pick in the uh, 1979 NBA draft. I went to the Suns at that point. And uh, one interesting thing about this guy, he's actually from Peru. Peru, I mean, uh, but yes, Peru, Indiana, worth uh, pointing that out. Well, his high school was Peru, and he was born in Fort Wayne. Well, yeah, I mean, he grew, grew up in Peru. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, of course, uh, Wikipedia page. Um, yeah, so uh, I played at Purdue and uh, Kentucky as well. Uh, also, yeah, obviously a, a very, very big time uh, college basketball house. And uh, played a number of years in the NBA, played uh, seven years, and then went on to uh, play professionally in Italy as well. Yeah, another guy in Italy. Yeah, definitely a strong Italy connection. Uh, we haven't mentioned this yet, but uh, he played uh, at, at Purdue uh, the 1978 uh, National Championship team, which uh, obviously major feather in his cap, and he was coached uh, at, at Purdue by the great uh, Fred Schaus. Wow. <laughs> you can, I don't uh, even know who that is. Well, uh, you might, might need to uh, go back and listen to our West Virginia episode because uh, Well, I think it, you guys need to go back and listen to our West Virginia Yeah, you can hear us talk about uh, Fred Schaus there. Fred Schaus actually... Uh, uh, West Virginia uh, luminary, but also a guy who uh, was responsible for, or is largely credited with rebuilding the Lakers uh, uh, at one point during their history. So a guy who had a successful career as an NBA head coach, in addition to uh, uh, making some noise himself as an NBA player and uh, and in college. Um, and obviously as the, the coach of uh, a championship college team. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, great, great run from... And also uh, an amazing free throw shooter. Yeah, yeah, worth noting. I mean, uh, again, we're going to see this trend among uh, Purdue players. There's a lot of guys who could really pop. I mean, just okay. give, give us some of those numbers. I mean, we're, we're just yeah, talking I mean, about some great over 90% from the line in a season. I mean, 87% for his um, career. I mean, that's nasty. Yeah, and, and uh, notable, I mean, he went on to coach at uh, Moorhead State, actually a uh, uh, long career at uh, Moorhead State from 1997 to 2006 and uh, emphasized free throw shooting in his coaching. And uh, his, his teams were – among the you know leaders in uh, free throw uh, shooting on an annual basis, so uh, obviously really prioritized that aspect of the game. Yeah, for sure. Knew how to teach it for sure. Uh, worth mentioning, he also uh, was involved with uh, USA basketball, playing at the uh, Pan American Games in San Juan. Mm-hmm. So another uh, another notable player out of uh, out of Purdue in uh, in Kyle Macy. Let's uh, let's let's move on to. Uh, and he's now bald. I mean, he's rocking that uh, that Jordan do. I mean, you got got to respect that. Yeah, of course. As a basketball guy, especially. All right, so uh, let, let's get to your next guy. I also had this guy in my bench. Worth mentioning. Next sure. um, guy I have is Carl Landry, the legend. Yeah, I had a brother who um, played in the league. Um, I was thinking about actually putting this guy, like when I was saying like about the thing with um, Ray Carroll and um, what's his name? The other big man, Brad Miller. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about putting this guy on my power, on uh, my power forward spot, if I was not going to have Joe Barry Carroll, but obviously Joe Barry Carroll had to go in there. But uh, this guy still moved my bench. I mean, definitely one of the better players from um, Purdue. 
Yeah, and one of the one of those guys who uh, provided a lot of value being taken with the first pick in the second round, thirty uh, first overall in the uh, two thousand seven NBA draft, uh, attended uh, both Purdue and uh, Vincennes University. Uh, not a not a school you see uh, prominently among uh, NBA players, but a guy who uh, came in and uh, performed really well right out of the gate. I mean, made that made that all rookie team two thousand seven two thousand eight. You got to be pretty good to do that. You got to be one of the top uh, ten rookies in the league. Uh, 6'9", 248 is uh, listed uh, height and weight. And, um, yeah, a guy who came in and, and contributed uh, right away. Yeah, for sure. I mean, averaging over 10 points per game for his career and um, a long career, too. Yeah, I mean, managed uh, 513 regular season games in the league. I averaged. Uh, I mean, but, you know. A, Decently. Long. Yeah, I mean, played from age 24 to age 32 in the NBA. And uh, then went on to play a bit overseas uh, after uh, his NBA career, NBA days were over. But, um, yeah, I mean, a guy who came in at age 24 as well. So, I mean, you know, it was already uh, kind of an advanced age for uh, an NBA player entering the league at, I mean, at, at this time. Stop playing overseas in 2019. So, I mean, he's been pretty up to recently. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and a guy who... Uh, yeah, I mean, did did good work at uh, at, at Purdue, and uh, actually, you know, quite an efficient player in uh, in, in the NBA as well. I mean, uh, some some placements on uh, the all time leaderboards, despite uh, you know not being a, a super prominent guy. Yeah, I mean, fifteenth in offensive rating in um, twenty thirteen. Yeah, that's a good good note. I mean, had had some really efficient seasons, but forty uh, ninth all time in, uh, in in field goal percentage uh, yeah. as, as well. So, that's good. yeah, I mean, really good. Obviously, uh, you know, not relied upon as like a focal point of the. Uh, Teams in which he played, but definitely a meaningful contributor uh, during his NBA days. Yeah. Oh, and he had that brother, Marcus Landry. Marcus Landry, yeah, and his, uh, his his brother as well. I remember Marcus Landry in uh, in, in the league, but um, maybe he was in the league, or he was. Yeah, he got he got a little taste, uh, Marcus yeah. Landry, back in uh, the 2009-2010 uh, season. Got into uh, eighteen games, but uh, yeah. you'll have to wait until we do our Wisconsin episode. Did we ever do a Wisconsin episode? We might. Have. <laughs> probably didn't talk about him. Yeah, probably didn't talk about Marcus Landry too much. But here he's he's gonna get a little pop. Yeah, Marcus, two years younger than Carl. Indeed. So uh, I had Carl Landry on my team as well, as you might expect. Uh, let's get to uh, the next guy you had. I had Bill Keller. Yes, we've already talked about Bill Keller. He was my starting point guard. And we're talking about Kyle Macy. So all right, let's let's go to your next guy. Jerry Sicton. All right, let's talk about uh, about Jerry. Yeah, um, he was um, almost made my uh, starting five as well. One of those point guards that I was considering over um, Herm Gilliam. Um, yeah, definitely a good player. Um, won the championship in '86. I think that's with the Celtics. Yes, it was um, with the Celtics. Yeah, um, a good career. Averaged about six point nine points per game for his career, and. Um, yeah, a good contributor. Definitely a guy who's had a uh, long uh, run involved with the NBA. I mean, uh, as a player, broadcaster, coach, uh, definitely a, an Indiana guy, uh, at least early on. I mean, uh, Martinsville was uh, was the spot for uh, for Jerry Sichting. Obviously, went uh, you know moved on from there to uh, Purdue in state, which I don't know if we mentioned, but is in Indiana. Uh, Maybe obvious from all the Indiana talk uh, to this point, but. Yeah, taken with the 80s pick in the uh, 79 NBA draft. And, uh, you know, not not a star by any means, but definitely a meaningful contributor for, uh, you know, quite a few years, coming in at age 24 and uh, hanging around till age 33. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one interesting note I saw uh, in, in looking into uh, Jerry Sichting, 
Uh, this guy was um, involved with, uh, you know, obviously had, had been an NBA player, uh, went on and coached uh, both for um, the, the Timberwolves and uh, and for Marquette, uh, you know, obviously college up in uh, Wisconsin. And then uh, uh, for, for a little bit, can you imagine having uh, having a guy with uh, those kind of credentials taking over your uh, your high school team? The guy was coming yeah. off an NBA bench. Yeah, pretty amazing. Uh, pretty pretty wild and uh, and lasted on NBA benches until uh, 2019, so uh, pretty recent uh, for, for Jerry Sichting. So this guy, uh, you know, again, began his uh, NBA career in 1980. Yeah. So that's uh, 29 years involved with, uh, with with the league. So great run out of uh, Jerry Sichting, happy to say, still uh, Wait, alive and well at age 66. He stopped at um, 2019? I believe that is the last year he was an NBA assistant coach. Uh, also, uh, got to mention uh, rocking the uh, the Jordan uh, haircut. Along with Kyle Mason. Yeah, so as, uh, as, as so many NBA players and uh, coaches, people involved with the league, they, I mean, it's popular. Yes, it certainly is. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so I had Jerry Sichting on my team as well. Um, let's get to uh, to the next guy I had. I mean, I had Herm Gilliam on here uh, as well, Jerry Sichting. And uh, let's talk now about one of the all-time greats, each one more. Yes, um, you can take it away with this one. He's one of your all-time favorites. He really is, and uh, this guy, he, uh, you know, I, I know he. We were just talking about uh, looking at his Wikipedia page. Uh, shout out Wikipedia. He's wearing uh, number thirty-three when he was out there with. Uh, with yeah, we Purdue. don't talk about that. We don't talk about that because as an NBA player, this guy was a hardcore fifty-fiver, taken with the fifty-fifth overall pick in the two thousand eleven NBA draft by the Celtics, and this guy threw five stops in his NBA career. He got the 55 in every spot. I mean, he wouldn't even consider going to a team unless 55 was available. Um, yeah, I would say, and um, if you're wondering why we're talking about this so much, it's because he is um, obsessed with 55 for um, a reason um, in a book like that had like 55 on it. Um, but, yeah, um, just yeah, a good career, 10 years, and, um, yeah, definitely a contributor, similar to Jerry Stickney. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, not a star at any point. Uh, and a guy who, you know, could conceivably make his way back to the league. I mean, played as recently yeah. as, the, as, you know, 2021. Only 33. Only 33 right now. I mean, I'm not saying that's necessarily going to happen. He hasn't played uh, in the NBA in, in a little bit now. But, um, yeah, I mean, 598 regular season games in his career uh, as a uh, 6'3", 191-pound uh, uh, guard, uh, capable of contributing at uh, a couple of different uh, both those spots, and a guy who got 191 starts in as well, in, uh, including uh, starting you know almost every game in the 2017-2018 uh, season Pelicans. Yeah. But a guy who really got around and uh, you know represented uh, the number 55 uh, beautifully in his career. I mean, yeah. a, a guy you know, a lot of times you hear about uh, someone who's a 55er getting moved to a new team or something like that, and you wonder like, oh, are they going to get number 55? Never had to worry about that with uh, Etwan Moore. This guy always came through. Always got the number, and uh, I, I really appreciate that about him. Yes, and um, a good player in the league as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, de definitely a, a meaningful contributor. And, and you got to mention, I mean, uh, uh, honorable mention All American a couple of times in college. I mean, was third team All American uh, by the NBA, NABC, excuse me, which is the uh, Coaches Association in, uh, in college. Uh, first team All Big Ten twice, a second team All Big Ten, so a, a major college. Yes. All right. Probably enough on uh, on each one more for right now, if that can ever be said. Let's move on to uh, the next guy I had on my bench, Brian Cardinal. Yeah, I did not have this guy on my bench, but I did consider him a little bit. The custodian, the janitor, Citizens Payne. 
pride card. Yeah, I mean, a great player at, at Purdue, uh, big man for sure, uh, uh, 6'8", 245, and a guy who uh, really lived on the perimeter, and uh, yeah, I mean, he could pop it. Yeah, um, for his career, a three-point shooting percentage of um, 37%, um, pretty solid, and uh, field goal percentage of 40%. Um, he took 1.43s per game, so not that much for now, but... Yeah, it was a different era, and you got to remember he's only playing fourteen point two uh, minutes per game, which we uh, didn't mention. Yeah. So, I mean, and he's a big man. So. Yeah, definitely a bench guy. I mean, four hundred and fifty six regular season games, only thirty seven starts, and I, I got to be honest. I mean, you know, he was drafted by the Pistons uh, back in uh, two thousand with the forty uh, fourth pick, second round. I did not think this guy had any business being in the league. I mean, I remembered him from uh, from college. <laughs> I mean, I had seen him play at, uh, at at Purdue. He was on some prominent teams there. Uh, went to the tournament and stuff. I just did not think, looking at this guy, that he could make it in the league, and uh, he definitely made it in the league. I mean, he played, uh, uh, you know, 456 games, as we said. I mean, over 10 seasons mm-hmm. in the league. Yeah, I would say. Um, yeah, um, only started 37 games, but as we said, he's definitely a bench guy, and um, yeah, that's some good playing time. Yeah, so uh, I guess we can move on from uh, from Brian Cardinal at this point and, uh, and get to uh, our next player. Yeah. Let's talk about Rick Mount. Yes, I believe I had this guy on my team as well. Last one that made my uh, squad. But um, Thoriana. <laughs> yep, another one with a uh, with a potentially uh, misleading uh, place of, uh, of birth or, uh, or interesting uh, character. If you take a look at um, uh, his, uh, his his career, I mean, uh, still alive, second overall pick in the uh, 1970 draft, and. Uh, <laughs> Won a title in the ABA with uh, with Indiana in uh, 1972, but this guy was a really, really prolific scorer in uh, in college. Uh, went off to the tune of uh, 71 points. Excuse me, 61 points. My bad. Um, wow. Not sure where I pulled that from. Uh, in college, so I mean, a guy who could really, really fill it up. Yes, I would say. I mean, 61 points in college is uh, extremely impressive. Yeah, consensus first team All American at Purdue uh, a couple of years, 1969 and 1970. Uh, was the uh, first high school athlete to ever be featured on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Wow. Yeah, I mean, quite a feather in his cap. Impressive. And uh, though he never uh, won National Player of the Year, I mean, he was involved in a number of uh, big-time collegiate battles with uh, the great Lou Alcindor, who uh, ultimately, uh, of course, changed his name to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So, I mean, he was going up against some uh, some great teams when he was in college. Yes, I would say. And... um... Before college, reading on my cover. Yeah, pretty amazing. Uh, so yeah, during his, Purdue uh, must be lucky to have him. I, I would say, I mean, a local guy. So I mean, a guy who, uh, in, at least according to what I read, could have gone to play in a lot of different places based on the reputation that he had as a high school player, but I decided to stay local at, at Purdue. Uh, pretty, pretty great uh, from his uh, Wikipedia page. I need to mention this. Uh, there's a story about his uh, time playing with the Utah Stars in uh, 1973, 1974. And this guy, uh, Charlie Rosen, relaying a, a story about just how great of a shooter uh, uh, this guy, Rick Mount, was. Apparently a ridiculous shooter. Uh, when they would play horse, uh, their shots had to touch them. So like, you, ha- you had to like put it straight through. So uh, apparently uh, Rick Mount uh, won every game of, uh, of, of horse that, that they played. because I, was, uh, I thought he was only going to have to play, play lefty or something. Yeah, I mean that that could be another uh, another wrinkle, uh, but apparently uh, this guy uh, Charlie Rosen was uh, was blown away watching uh, Rick Mount uh, hit every shot in like 
the perfect way so that the ball would would go through the rim, just like tick off like the underside of the back of the rim, just ever so slightly, and like go right back to him. And he reported that uh, Rick Mount could make could uh, achieve that that effect like ninety percent of the time. That is extremely impressive. That must have taken a ton of practice. Absolutely, and uh, he's also. Uh, Sorry, I was looking for uh, looking for something here in his uh, in his Wikipedia page. Um, yeah, so he runs these uh, apparently runs or, or ran when uh, when his Wikipedia page was last updated. Uh, these so-called shoot camps for high school players throughout the uh, Midwest, where each player takes uh, two thousand five hundred uh, shots, like under the supervision of someone who's watching them. And this, so his his camp is only shooting. There's no scrimmaging, nothing else. Just it's purely working on shooting. This guy was so focused on shooting, he would like create camps only about shooting. Yeah, I mean, two thousand five hundred shots is a lot. It's a lot of shots, but I mean, apparently, he's this guy is just obsessed with uh, with shot making, and uh, I think he, you know, felt like he had uh, perfected it, gotten it down to a science, and uh, wanted to share his uh, his wisdom. Yeah. So pretty impressive and pretty interesting guy in, in Rick Mount right there. All right, so that rounds out my uh, my my uh, bench. I think, I think your bench rounded out as well. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in just a moment to wrap things up. And we're back to uh, wrap up this episode, talking about a few more guys who attended Purdue. Uh, let's uh, let's kick this uh, this segment off. More about him, uh, you got to check out that uh, Baltimore Bullets episode that we have. Oh yeah. But uh, Paul Hoffman, pretty impressive player. Yeah, um, one unofficial rookie of the year. I mean, I think that's the main thing you want to talk about. Yeah, I mean, unofficial rookie of the year, uh, 1947, 1948. I mean, we, we go into more detail about this on the aforementioned uh, Baltimore Bullets episode. But uh, yeah, this guy really uh, did it all for the uh, for the Baltimore Bullets franchise. I mean, he uh, played really extensively with the team and uh, retired twice. Yeah, I or mean, three times, right? uh, I guess once at the end as well. Yeah, skipped a couple of seasons as a retired uh, player. Uh, played played his first season, then uh, contract dispute had him uh, out for his uh, what would have been his. Second season, and uh, I believe uh, the second time. Um, yeah, not exactly sure what happened that uh, that, that second time, but uh, yeah, skipped a couple of years during his career, but it didn't stop him from uh, becoming the all-time leader in a great many categories in the uh, Baltimore Bullets franchise history. Now, this, of course, is the uh, now defunct franchise, not the uh, one that went on to become the uh, Washington Wizards, but. Yeah, I mean, a guy who had some uh, some pretty impressive seasons in his career. I mean, uh, putting up as many as 14.4 points per game uh, during one season and uh, being a part of uh, the Baltimore Bullets team that uh, won the title back in uh, 1948. Yeah, I mean, impressive um, stats to his name with the unofficial rookie of the year and um, the title. Um, yeah, and he played in the BAA as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, so, uh, you know, early, early days of, uh, of NBA basketball or what, what became NBA basketball uh, got in at age 22 at that point. So uh, unlike some of the guys you come across who uh, got in in that 48 season, he was uh, young enough that he could uh, grow with the league a little bit and had some time to, uh, to play and uh, ended up racking up a total of 317 regular season games, most of which uh, came as a pretty significant contributor. Yeah, is he still alive? Uh, I believe he is still alive. Let's see. Uh, nope, sorry, he died in 1998. <laughs> so definitely, definitely not. Still if he alive. was still alive, he would be pretty old, I think. He would. Uh, he was born in 1925, so, so he'd yes, be, like he'd be almost 100. Yes, he'd be uh, definitely way up there. Uh, yeah, but great run for uh, Mr. Uh, Baltimore Bullets, as I uh, referred to him in uh, 
in that episode. Or the bear or the body. Yeah, <laughs> those also nicknames of uh, of the great Paul Hoffman. Uh, not currently, but uh, he, he could find his way back. He's playing with uh, Fenerbahce uh, Beko currently in uh, in the Turkish League. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw him play on the Celtics. Um, not bad, actually. Uh, very small, but um, yeah, he could definitely find his way back into the league. I mean, only uh, 24. Yeah, 5'11", 200 pounds, so definitely his size working against him. But you got to say, I mean, if you look, look at this guy, he's, uh, he's jacked. I mean, like, yeah. this guy is very, very sturdy for a 5'11 guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, still has a lot of speed. It was taken with the, uh, the third pick in the second round in 2019. So obviously, yeah. you know, priority draft pick out of uh, out of Purdue had a, a really good uh, career at Purdue, and um, yeah, I mean, just like trying to make it in the league. I mean, he was a G League uh, scoring champ in uh, 2022. So uh, yeah. even this year, G League scoring champ, pretty, pretty good. Yeah, right. Um, played a little bit with the uh, with the Celtics, as you mentioned. Uh, got a couple of games in with the Pistons uh, as recently as last season. And um, yeah, I mean, has an has an ability to uh, to fill it up. And uh, Fenerbahce is a, a big time uh, uh, international oh, team, so uh, definitely still playing basketball at a at a high level even uh, now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So playing in the Euro League, and uh, hopefully we will uh, we'll see him back at in some point are. in the NBA. All right, let's also talk about another recent player, um, Caleb Swanigan. Now, this guy, uh, unfortunately. Uh, met his uh, met his end uh, not too long ago, uh, a few years ago at, at the age of uh, age of twenty five. But uh, a guy who was taken in the uh, in the first round with the twenty uh, sixth overall pick by the Blazers uh, back in uh, just twenty seventeen. Yeah, um, played very recently. I mean, dying um, earlier this year. Um, very sad, but I mean, had an okay career. Yeah, definitely. I mean, got uh, got into seventy five games across a few seasons there. I think a guy who you know kind of struggled to find a uh, role in the league as a um, you know six nine two sixty uh, guy who uh, you know couldn't really shoot it. I think you know the league was kind of moving away from players uh, like him at the, the point that he entered, and uh, that's you know obviously uh, you know unfortunate for his career, but passing at the age of uh, twenty five just a few years ago. But I mean, it's uh, in college especially. Pretty darn impressive. A big, big time player of the year, consensus first team All American in, uh, in in 2017. Indiana Mr. Basketball as a high schooler in uh, in, in 2015, and McDonald's first team All American in, uh, in in 2015. Um, so some uh, so, some really impressive uh, highlights in the career of uh, Caleb Swanigan, even if he yeah. didn't quite get there in the NBA. Yeah, and played as recently as like three years ago. Yeah, yeah, uh, quite quite recent. All right, let's also mention uh, Dave Shellhaas. What do you got on this guy? Uh, not much, honestly, but um, he played in the league. Definitely. Tenth overall pick in the 1966 NBA draft, uh, taken by the Bulls there. Uh, definitely an Indiana guy, as we've mentioned uh, on a number of occasions. Uh, Bonesville, Indiana, which I believe is also uh, where the great Don Mattingly uh, is from. Mm, and your fate. Sort of a little, little taste in the league. but uh, actually, no, I didn't need to mention him. Well, I mean, <laughs> worth mentioning uh, for his uh, his incredible success in college. I mean, you know, yes. as as we mentioned, uh, some of these really filled it up in college. And I mean, thirty two point five points one year. Thirty two point five points, ten point six rebounds. I mean, this guy averaged twenty eight point eight points and ten rebounds in college, and uh, he's six three. Yeah, and was taken with the uh, ten boards at six three. 
and it's taken with the 10th pick in the draft. So, I mean, really, really made an impact in uh, the college game, yeah. even if uh, his pro game uh, didn't quite live up to that. And actually went on to um, a career as a, uh, as a coach as well, coaching at Moorhead State, Indiana State, and then uh, returning to Moorhead State and uh, doing some coaching in, uh, in high school as well. Apparently, he's been the uh, coach at Logan Sport High School in Logan Sport, Indiana, since 2004. Mm-hmm. So despite his uh, advanced age, now 78, at least according to the last information we have, uh, still uh, still out there coaching high school ball, but, uh, you know, sharing his uh, his wisdom. Yep. Impressive. All right, so just a couple more guys we got to get to here. Let's talk about Dakota Mathias. Now, this guy uh, got in the league a couple of years ago on the end of the season with the uh, with the 76ers, uh, played a bit with the uh, with the Grizzlies as well. Uh, just, you know, relatively brief uh, run for uh, for Dakota Mathias. But um Guy who, uh, you know, is on the Memphis Hustle uh, right now, so definitely could feature back in the league at some point. That G League. Average um, six games one year, uh, playing eight games, so definitely um, he could be a contributor on that team someday. Not like a ton of NBA run in his future. I mean, a 6'4", 200-pound guy, I mean, you got to give him credit for uh, getting to the NBA. I mean, that's a great job out of him. Um, and was definitely a notable uh, college player. Uh, you know, star player in high school, of course, and, uh, and, and, you know, killed it in college. And, um, yeah, I mean, just, uh, you know, a guy who, uh, you know, could, could get back in the mix at some point. Yeah. Let's also mention uh, Jim Rowinski. Now, this guy, I mean, really stood out to me. Guy's from, uh, from Long Island. Uh, went to uh, Syosset High School in Syosset, New York, uh, right near where I used to go to daycare. Um, I mean, you, you got to give it up for the guys from uh, around the way. <coughs> yeah. Uh, 1984 draft uh, taken with the 86th overall pick. That was in the fourth round there. And uh didn't last too long, but a uh, big man, uh, 6'8", 250. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he got got 23 games in the league. You know, I mean, didn't have an extensive career, but... Um... Well, played a bunch uh, overseas and domestically uh, outside of the NBA. I mean, uh, you know, played all the way until uh, 1997, actually. Yeah. In uh, a bunch of different From places. 1988. Yeah. Also, want to mention, uh, you know, you know, sometimes when we uh, talk about this guy, you gotta speak in hushed tones. But uh, you know, Jordan uh, attended Purdue. Well, you might be thinking um, Michael Jordan, but we are really did anything in the league, and we didn't need to mention. Well, I, I always like to get a Jordan reference in wherever we can. Played thirty games, averaged two point three points per game. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's 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 pretty cool. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty cool and uh, not great. Uh, also uh, notable uh, for having been on the uh, 1977 gold medal winning uh, World University Games team. This is when he was a kid, of course, which also featured Larry Bird, Sidney Moncrief, Daryl Griffith, Dave Corzine, Calvin Natt, and Freeman Williams. Very I mean, yeah. teammates with him. Uh, it's pretty good. And um, he played on Hawaii Volcanoes. I've never seen a team from Hawaii. Yeah, so I mean, as with a lot of these guys who had less extensive NBA runs, uh, played in a bunch of different situations uh, outside the league as well. But yeah, you gotta mention, uh, gotta mention Jordan when you have an opportunity to do so. Uh, let's also mention Quanzo Martin. Now, this guy uh, probably more notable as a uh, as a college coach. Yeah, I guess so. Well, I mean, uh, his, his NBA run was relatively NBA run, brief. Yeah, uh, not not great in the NBA, but um, coaching in college uh, on. Missouri State, Tennessee, California, and Missouri, and up until this past year. Prominent uh, placements in terms yeah. of uh, places. Uh, and, and, you know, was first team all the when he was in uh, in college, just didn't really carry that over to uh, the league, only getting uh, some games in. But, uh, you know, one thing you got to say about uh, Quanzo Martin, like this guy got got a couple of buckets 
in the league. Yeah, he did. And nine points. Yeah, so that's uh, that's a good job out of him, and uh, played with the uh, with the Grizzlies uh, early in their uh, their NBA run. Yeah, okay. Also, classic uh, uh, Kwanzo nickname, I would say. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's probably probably a pretty common one. Also, goes with uh, Alonzo a lot of the time. Yeah. But a lot of those uh, names that ended with uh, Co uh, pick up that mm-hmm. uh, that nickname. All right, just want to get to uh, one more guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, third overall pick. Third overall pick and notable, I mean, get this, the first pick ever for the Boston Celtics. Wow. That, that is very notable. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. And uh, worth mentioning as well, I mean, th- this guy uh, not only started as a, uh, as a basketball player at, at Purdue, which of course he did, he uh, attended Purdue and uh, was a prominent player as a basketball player, a football player, and a baseball player. He was also taken by the Bears. What an impression this guy was making as an athlete. Celtics, Bears, and Yankees. That is extremely impressive. He is a member of the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame and the Indiana Football Hall of Fame. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, that really is. I mean, what, what, what a career. I mean, I know most of it didn't happen in the NBA. Obviously, just showing up to the NBA in the 1947 48 Did he play like the NFL? No, I don't, I don't, don't believe so. Uh, they're really, really notable uh, characteristics of uh, Edwin Sheffield Bulbs Ellers. Yeah. And get this. Uh, when he was uh, growing up in uh, South Bend, Indiana, he was coached in high school by John Wooden. Wow. <laughs> I mean, how about that? Yeah. I mean, that guy really went on to have quite a coaching career. I would say. And uh, John Wooden, uh, I don't know if this was top of mind for you, actually, uh, Purdue uh, University attendee as well. Did not play in the NBA, so we're not focusing on him yeah. in this episode. But uh, there's our, our John Wooden. probably have reached uh, reached the end of, uh, of this episode. Certainly uh, some other players we could mention, but uh, maybe we'll get to them in some <laughs> other context in the future. But uh, it's great to be back. And, uh, yeah, I hope, uh, hope you enjoyed this, uh, this rundown of uh, uh, Purdue players. Um, don't forget to check out um, 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 my dad's other podcast, Favorite. Indeed, we, uh, we uh, look forward to uh, hearing, uh, having you listen over there, and uh, we'll be back with uh, with another episode of uh, Barnard's on the NBA at some point, hopefully uh, sooner than uh, six months from now. Bye.